and welcome back to the Fun and Mindful Marketing Podcast, where together we make marketing simple and fun. I'm your host, Jen Rotman, and wherever you're listening in the world, I hope you're having a great day. In today's episode, we're going to look at seven tips of how you can build a stronger brand. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know how passionate I am about building a trusted brand. And if this is the first time you're listening in, you'll learn by the end of this episode how passionate I am about this subject. Because for me, a brand is just a fancy word for reputation. And I really want you to think about all the benefits that come along with having a great reputation. I mean, we see it all in the business world. I mean, who wouldn't like to have a brand like Apple or Nike that as soon as you release a new product or service, you have such a loyal fan base and people loving what you do as a company that people are literally, you know, queuing up on your doors to buy it. Or sometimes literally even camping out overnight to get a hold of it because they know it's going to be sold out so quick. This comes from having a really trusted reputation. And I know sometimes in the bigger, you know, big companies like Apple and the Nikes or Disney's of the world, yes, a lot more goes into manufacturing this, you know, huge brand because it really becomes like an ideology almost. But we can also see this in very, you know, small um, examples that we all know, even in our personal lives, like our personal relationships or even if you've ever worked in a company, people with a great reputation are the ones that always things flow to. So if you're the person that is has a reputation in your friend circle for somebody that is just, you know, really good at keeping secrets or helping people solve people's problems, you're always going to have people come to you. Do you mean you're the, the source that people go to? And like I said, in, in in personal relationships, and sometimes this can be something that we don't always want because you're the person that always has to solve everyone's problems. But you, I think you get my point. It's the same in the workplace. If someone has a great reputation in, you know, they're a great team player and they always, you know, deliver results, guess who's always going to get picked for assignments? And guess who has the most leverage if they want something in the company? Because if you enjoy that kind of reputation, it also can become a leverage for you to use it in the right way. So there's so many benefits of building a great brand reputation. It's always been the you know biggest sales arbitrage. So big brands always sell more. It's just a very different form of selling that most people do because most people do what you kind of call transactional and short-term sales because it's way easier to push people into selling something than to actually build a brand and incredible reputation to pull people in. But the, you know, the people that put in the effort and the hard work to build that great reputation, you know, you get over the long term much more results um, in it. And I mean, this has always been around in the world and that's always paid off in the long term but I believe nowadays in the you know ultra connected transparent digital world that we live in brand is becoming more and more important and I think it's going to get to a point where it's actually going to be absolutely essential to even get started because it's just harder and harder to hide and it's quite funny because at the moment like the you know digital marketing site so much is focused on transaction on converting people and you know it's so easy now to track people because you can get people to click anything but like that but and there's lots of people making lots of money with these kind of you know ways and some of them are like I said it's not never the the funnels or tactics they use themselves. It's always the intent with them. So many people are getting lots of sales with these kind of tactics, but then leaving so much brand upside, you know, on the table. So they're taking all the short term, but they're damaging that brand in the long term. Because it is, when you really want to build an incredible brand, it is all about always just doing the right thing to your audience. And that's hard work. Do you mean to always do that? Um, but it does pay off so much. And like I said, I think in the future, we're going to have more and more people being exposed 
if you do the wrong thing. I mean, think about it nowadays. This is why so many big companies now are in the headlines because, you know, if you're American Airlines and you drag somebody off the plane, that was not the best, you know, way to deal with that person. But rather than, you know, back in the day, it would have only a few handful of people would have seen it. Now it goes, you know, uploaded on, you know, social media and everyone sees it and it has a huge and much more bigger impact. So, is super important to think about our brands and reputations because they exist if we you know invest invest into them or not people are going to talk about you behind your back and they're going to say things about you and that's what your reputation is so I believe it's one of the most important things that everyone should invest into if that's your business brand or your own personal brand So to make this episode a little bit more fun and interactive, I've decided that, you know, rather than me just telling you seven tips that you can, you know, do, at the end of every tip, I've kind of included a little activity, which is just kind of a questions or suggestions that I would, you know, I would do myself if I was trying to implement this point in my business. So you can just listen to the episode and, you know, stop the podcast whenever you want, listen to the activities and write your answers down. Or I've also created a worksheet for you. So if you head to my Facebook page, which is Jen Rotman, which is R-O-T-T-M-A-N-N, I've linked it up in the show notes for you as well. You can just click on the send message button and a little welcome message will pop up. So that's my housebot Wally. Okay, so it's a little bot. Um, I've trained him. I, I'm hoping I've trained him pretty well. I, I think this should all work. But if you ever have any problems, just type in Jen and I'll be notified and actually jump in. Because otherwise, this is just an automated message that happens. Like I said, it's Wally. I'm very excited about Wally, by the way. Um, so if you just type in worksheet number one and I'll link this all up in the show notes as well so you know the exact spelling if you put into worksheet number one Wally should just send you across this worksheet okay so you can have the worksheet and then just go through the questions and you might not you know need or at this point have the time to go through all seven tips but there might just be something in this episode you go oh you know what if I focus on that I think that would really help me in my business at the moment or building my brand then I just find going through an answering questions on a piece of paper is such a powerful move I do this so much and sometimes I really can't be bothered I write down a question I'm like I really I don't know the answer to this I don't really know I haven't got time for it but I it's just incredible every time it blows my mind what amazing stuff comes out if I just take the time sometimes even a few minutes of just answering the question just writing down what comes to my mind and having something on paper is always already just the next step of me getting it done whereas if I just hear it I just often go, oh yeah, that's a great idea, but nothing ever comes out of it. So taking that next step to actually implement it and do something about it helps me a lot. So I really hope this workshop helps you. But that being said, let's get started with tip number one, which is be a great leader. Because every great brand starts with great leadership. And this becomes very apparent if we think about brands that have their leaders or founders as the face of the brand, almost kind of like personal brands. So if we think of Apple, we think of Steve Jobs. If we think of Disney, we think of Walt Disney. But there's a lot more brands that don't have the leader or founder as the face than there is brands that do and that doesn't mean that these brands don't have great leadership to make it happen they all have even if we can't think of the the leader of Nike we might not all know who the CEO is but to have an incredible brand these people need to have great leadership because if we remember that brand is just no other word but reputation and again if we think about just people in our own personal circles that have great reputations you just 
in a kind of sum up all way, like you just have to always do the, the right thing. Do you mean it's hard work to build up a great reputation because you need to consistently always be serving people, you need to always be seen to do the right thing. And as humans, we all make mistakes. Do you mean we're, that's essential part of being human. So it's, you know, hard, like a lot harder to build a brand. It's, it's simple to do, but it's definitely hard. It's easier to focus on transaction and just kind of win for the short term than it is for the long term because you need a lot more leader-like characteristics that, you know, take time to cultivate to build a brand like that because you will always win much more in the long term, but it's not in our nature for us, most of us humans, to think in the, the long term. We like thinking in short term and instant gratification. So it's really training yourself. If you want to build a great brand, it all starts with you as a leader, if that's your business or if that's, you know, you're leading your own life, if you're building your own personal brand or reputation in the workplace, you focus on your leadership skills in leading yourself and really considering what you want your reputation to be. And these would be my first kind of activity you know, points would, the questions I've written down is, what do you want your brand, you know, reputation to stand for? And really having a brainstorm and thinking about that. What is it that I want it to be? What, if I could choose what people are going to say behind my back or the most extreme one I like doing this one is, you know, what, what do I want people to say at my funeral? Because that's the, really the ultimate brand I'm, you know, going for. And that's kind of, and you, know, you can obviously do this in a personal way, also for your business brand if you want to separate them. But I always do them all, you know, kind of together. And that's my always my ultimate game. Like that's what I'm really trying to, you know, achieve. And then another question I always ask is, you know, what action steps can you know you take to lead your brand better? And that means if you're leading yourself just at the moment, or if you're leading a team. Whatever it is, there's always ways. Like I said, leadership is not something that anyone is really born with. We have certain people that are born with more characteristics that will help them be a much better leader. But I believe leadership is a skill that all of us can learn, you know, to be leaders. And all of us have to learn to be leaders, you know, very importantly, to lead our own personal lives, I believe. And it's just something that we do need to work at, like everything else. So really focusing in on what you could do, you know, better, maybe even like making a list of what books could you read. And, you know, it also kind of comes with one of my favorite quotes, which is always, you know, one of my mentors actually always said to me when I was focusing on, you know, getting my business bigger or, you know, other things, he'd always say, you know, focus on getting better, bigger will take care of itself. And this is kind of a really great way of summing up why leadership is so important for building brand. My second tip is speak to your audience. And before we can even speak to our audience in the right way, we really need to understand how essential audience is to building a great reputation and brand. Because without an audience, we literally have no way of having a brand or reputation because they're the ones that judge it. It's not ju based on our judgment, but on theirs. And the smarter we are at knowing who that audience is and how to speak to them in the best way, the more successful our brand and reputation is gonna be. And, you know, this is a mistake I think a lot of us make. We're always trying to kind of just appeal to everyone. And that's a great mistake because nobody's great at everything. And even again, if we think about our personal relationships, you know, it's a big running joke in my family that I am definitely not have a great reputation for being tidy or doing the household well. You know, it's the complete opposite. I have a terrible reputation in that area. Now, obviously, I need to be careful that I don't, you know, like, I'm so bad at it that I get in trouble or kind of cause harm to my relationships, but it's just not something that I try and focus on a lot because I know it's not something that I'm talented in, that I care much for, 
and there's so many other people that are gonna, you know, it would cause so much effort for me to have a great reputation in that area. I'd just rather focus on things that I know I'm naturally good at and, you know, where I can be a, a better friend, sister, sibling, whatever it might be. And that's the same way we need to think about, you know, our brands and business. Like, really, if you, the more you can understand who you are and what you can do really well and what type of person you can serve in the best way, they're the people you should really focus in on because they're the ones that are going to love your product and services, enhance, give you a great reputation. And that brand and reputation is allows you to kind of broaden out. People, again, forget that, you know, Apple started just with the Macintosh. So many big brands just start solving one problem to a very specific audience and then they branch out from there. And this is something that's really important to understand and really get to kind of know. And the other part then is, is really... We've never been in a greater time with technology and these different social media platforms. There's so many opportunities for you for free to talk to your audience and get real live, you know, feedback. And, you know, the more feedback you get, the better you can refine your message and speak to your audience. So a really great example of this is um, I just did this recently for my when I was launching this podcast is I was actually going to design a um, I want to design my cover art for the podcast. And I was actually going to hire a designer to do it. But um, I wanted to get a bit of feedback from the audience and my ideal customers first. So I went into a few different Facebook groups that had people that I, you know, the audience that I wanted to serve. And I just asked them for different opinions. I asked them opinions about the names. I drew up like some draft kind of cover images in just Canva and asked people which one they preferred. And in the end, I got so much positive feedback that I was kept changing the cover art that the end product that I came out with, which is literally the cover art of the podcast now, I never sent into a designer because the end product looked, you know, good enough and was so positively received from my, you know, ideal audience that I was like, well, I could pay a designer to make it even better, but the audience already loves it. So why should I, you know, even go and, you know, for right this time of being, I don't really need to, go, you know, make it even better. It's good enough already as it is. And this is such a crucial mistake people make, especially with working with branding companies. And I am a branding company myself. And I was often say... You're, speaking to your audience is much more important than speaking to a branding expert and that's not to diminish like I think I'm very qualified and I know so much about branding but I can still not compete with something that your audience will tell you directly so you know even if you're working with a branding company like you should always get questions around your audience around the people you're trying to serve because that's so 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 important and if I'm working with people it's something I you know focus on so much. It's something that people don't like hearing that much because they just want me to do it for them. But it's, you know, it's just not something that you can shortcut if you want to do it, you know, properly. So some of the questions I've put in your, you know, kind of worksheets are just, you know, kind of what questions can you ask your audience to get to know them better? So really think about it. You know, could you, are you trying to launch a different product? Are you going to try to get feedback? Like, just think of all the different things that would be really valuable to get feedback from your audience. And, and then think about, you know, how could that help you to actually improve your products or services and then go out and you know find a Facebook group like it's one of my favorite ways of doing it or you know you can do other many other social platforms where your audience is and just engage in conversations with people and it doesn't all have to be you know surveys and all that things I'm a really big fan of doing qualitative data which means I sometimes I'm just searching for people that have a problem that I that my company solves and just asking them questions and you know like engaging in a conversation and actually providing value because again if I provide value to them they you know will give me that feedback like happily but just yeah jumping into conversations and having chats with people the same as we have in real life if you had a brick and mortar store 
you engage with your customers. You can do this. The beauty is you can do this lying in your bed, you know, in your underwear and talk to people on these different social platforms and you can get really great damn data from it. My third tip is be a great storyteller. And story is just, for some reason, our brains are just geared towards understanding and processing information better if it's in story format. I'm not sure why that is, but it's been like that since the Stone Ages. You know, like, that's why stories were the first way how, before we had the written word, that's how we would remember things, you know, and pass them along the lines. We would tell stories about them and we'd make kind of pictures in the caves. You know what I mean? Like, story is such an essential part of how we communicate. The more you learn to kind of embrace storytelling in your brand and your business, the more receptive your audience is just going to be to it because it just makes it easier for people to understand things. And just think about like that ourselves. We love stories. Like I, if I have to learn something or if I'm going to be entertained about something, it's just I'd much rather it be in the format of a cool story than just somebody giving me plain text to learn something. You know, this is why teachers, I think, are so important. Like, history teachers especially. Like, if somebody's a great storyteller, history is the greatest class. And if they're not, it's the most boring class. So you really want to become that great storyteller um, with people. And there's a few different areas you can really go and look for stories. The first one is, you know, I've put it in this worksheet, is what stories can you tell about yourself and your business? And this can be stories about how you, you know, created the business. This can be stories about, you know, the company culture or why you've changed a product or introduced a product or just anything that's around the business the brand that you think it's you know entertaining and the, the trick here is to become a great storyteller is to make it a bit about us in a sense for people to relate but also about the audience and not giving people information that we just want to talk about ourselves but really make it relevant to the audience and, and again this is a great way of you know researching for this is by watching movies reading great books you know like what are the great storytellers so good at, at captivating us as an audience and using those same kind of frameworks in our you know branding messages and how we communicate with people another great question to ask is how could you use stories to help customers understand problems and solutions better because again normally when there's a problem like often we just list the you know kind of the things that like the features that's the word I was looking for the features that our products or services have but we forget to like embrace it in a story because if we have it in a story it's just so much easier for people to understand so if I'm kind of painting the picture of oh you ever know that time when you're running around rushing around the house and you cannot find your keys anywhere and I'm like yes that happens to me like 10 times a day so that's sort of a way of capturing my attention straight away I mean this could be somebody trying to sell me like one of those key finder things which I really feel like there's just not enough products around those because if there was a great product I would definitely buy it and if somebody told me that story if I could like that would have a great ending that would be immediately me sold because I have that problem and it's kind of painting that picture do you know I mean so the better we can tell stories the better especially when it comes to our problems and solutions and you know also can just storytelling for people to relate better to your brand this is always a big you know my favorite part about stories literally stories on Instagram and Facebook and you know every other social media platform that now has stories if you have stories it's such a great way to just give people the kind of 
behind the scenes of your brand. People get to know you better. And sometimes these things can even, you know, and again, you have to be obviously, you know, every story that you tell, you should have a purpose behind it. So if you're trying to educate people about your product or a problem or solution, you know, or you're trying to just purely entertain people or get people to know you better, you know, they're all different purposes and you have to kind of be aware behind the things. But something I often teach, tell people is, when you're having stories on your Instagram stories, for example, you just want to let people see behind the scenes and sometimes even stuff that's not necessarily related to the brand or company, but just you as a human being and you think your audience is still going to, you know, benefit from, from it. So when I was working for the, with a real estate company, for example, she was a, you know, also a mom and lots of her, you know, customers were also parents. So for her sharing a lot of things about her kids was something that would work really well because it just makes people more relatable and people understand your, you know, if you share things that you find challenging the same way they find challenging, it makes you connected more, makes you more human. And we all love that kind of, you know, connection. It makes us trust the brand more. So really find all sorts of different ways that you can story and tell. It will definitely help your brand. And this brings us to tip number four, which is be clear. And it very much ties into like the last point as well where saying you know make sure that you know the purpose of each story that you're trying to tell like if it's you know to educate if it's to make people more relatable to your brand again being clear on the kind of outcomes and purposes of communication that you have but also the communication itself and this is something that's been really hard I'll be honest for me over the years and I've gotten better and better at it because I by nature like making things complex and most of us do and especially if you feel like there's something so unique and you're so passionate about your product and you want to explain so many things that you do it gets too muddled and it just gets too difficult for people to understand it's like trying to you know on the first date tell people everything about you and tell them exactly who you're looking for the partner in your life and who you want to marry and what you want your life to look like it's just going to be too much do you mean for that person in the first date round so having something that's very simple that's very clear and this is for example something I'm quite proud of in my podcast which was the, the slogan on it is just making marketing simple and fun now I believe my podcast is so much more than those few words describe but I think it's a really great first gateway because that is a big part of my mission I'm wanting to make marketing simple and fun for people and you know different things that I feel like a lot of people are going to get intrigued to listen in and that's when then going to get you know that's when then kind of people can it's like an onion layer through and through more the the brand and get an understanding of what I'm like and what this podcast is about and the people that really love it are going to tell people more like them that also think they would love it. And that's how you kind of build your community around it. But, it, you know, if I tried to explain everything that I am in this podcast straight away, I'd lose people. It's even, you know, I kind of haggard with myself even like creating the prologue. There were so many things I would love to tell people. Like I'd love to tell my people the whole story, but I've really held back and I'm just like, well, people are going to get to know me as they go along and listen to the podcast it's just important to give people little nuggets and being clear on things like making every episode really specific to one problem that I can solve for people and then kind of you know some people are going to just want that one some people are going to want to listen to more but it's by being very clear what you are that really helps people and a really great activity to do on this one is the one I've put in your worksheet which is think of the billboard on the motorway if there was a big gigantic billboard on the motorway and you would able to put you know one sentence up there to describe your brand you know to show to millions of people that they know what you and your brand are all about but remembering that these cars are driving by so they only have literally don't want this sentence to be very long because otherwise they're not going to be able to read it 
Think of a way of describing your brand in that one sentence you would put up on that billboard. And don't try and be fancy, like I said. I've, I've tried this in the past and we make things really sound unique and be really cool and brandy. You know, you're better off not the brandy to drink. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a word called brandy, but never mind. Um, you really want to think of a way of just making simple and clear what you are about and for people to just kind of be curious enough to take that next step and want to get to know you a little bit more like that kind of first date scenario. We want to give people a little bit of a taste of who we are, but it, you know, we don't want to overwhelm people. We don't want to kind of freak people out and just kind of be like, oh my God, this is a bit too much. There is, you know, as much as it would kind of sometimes just cause, it would be a lot easier if we could just tell people on the first date, like, hey, this is exactly who I want to be. It's just not the way that we operate as human beings. So we have to play the game a little bit. Um, so play around with having that kind of really clear statement. And this is something that I have really over the years and I continuously have to co kind of go back to it and always as my company and my brand evolves, I always try and make sure that that sentence and that core message is evolving with me along the way. Okay, so we're coming towards the end of our tips and I wanna to put together tip number five and tip number six because my tip number five is be consistent and tip number six is be authentic. And the reason I wanna put them together is because they're both trying to achieve the same thing, which is really establish trust. And I mean, we hear being consistent is such an important part. You know, like you hear people say like in branding, you know, your brand needs to be consistent and that's from your logo to your website design. People need to say the same thing. The same as if you do content marketing, people will say, oh, you know, post consistently, make sure that you're putting up a post every day, every week, so people get used to it. And those are just all tactics. And a lot of the time, you know, they're, they're good advice. But what we need to really understand is why do we need to consistency? The underlying reason for it, because what consistency does is build trust. And the best way to think about that is think about your own personal relationships. The reason we trust people that are closest to us the most, or the people, you know, the ones that we trust the most, the reason we do that is because we really know who they are. So that this is come where it comes down to being authentic. And they're consistent with that. Do you mean they don't change their behavior abruptly? Like if they're a person that can keep secrets, the reason we trust them is because they always can keep secrets. And as soon as they, only one time, I mean 10 years, they could always keep secrets. And that just that one time they blab, that trust gets really damaged. We might even question their authenticity. Do you mean like this is the thing that we really need to think about because this is human psychology. This is how we interact with you know each other. And this is when it really comes to wanting to build trust as a brand. You need to just be who you are. And we'll get to that point in a minute because that's, you know, the being authentic is the big statement of, you know, the last few years. Everyone says, you know, be yourself. And it sounds like the easiest thing in the world. I believe it's actually the absolute hardest thing to do. But we'll get to that in a second. But being, you know, being you, but then being consistent with it because otherwise people, we love you know um certainty so much as human beings and a lot of us you know time we hate change so we want to make sure that we can rely and trust you and that is as a brand as well if you're consistent all the time and, you know again and if you look at the brand and this is why often in brand speaker then kind of gets selected if you look at the apples or you know the nikes you look at those big brands like they are consistent across the board but it's not like the tactic that makes all of that work. It has to really come from a you know true, real place that they're being. And again, this comes back from great leadership because great leaders make that happen in a company where everything is consistent because this is when it becomes super hard. I mean, if it's just you and the brand, 
this is actually relatively, or it's not easy to do, but it's, you know, the easiest part, being consistent, just you as a human being, because that just means you have to be yourself and then be consistent with it. But as you're scaling a company and there's more employees and there's a culture, you know, everyone is different. So how do you keep the brand consistent? And I think that's the only way you can really do that is if as the leader, you're really making it very clear that the brand is almost something, you know, the brand becomes something bigger than, you know, you just yourself, even if you just started it with you in, in mind. And it's really about having everybody understand, and this is what I even did in my company, and I think, you know, setting up values of the company, or this is what we stand for, or, you know, different having almost kind of like rule, not rules, but just kind of, you know, we call ours like the Ten Commandments at one point, but it's just like kind of things that really the brand stands for, that everybody, like everybody in the company can be different and have different personalities, and we want that to have a diverse culture, but we all need to kind of share these principles, and there's another good, you know, kind of words, because that is what's going to make sure that the brand is consistent and that anyone that comes in contact with the brand, they all feel like they're having their same experience because we need that to build the trust of the consumer. And this is, you know, super important when it comes to branding. So this is what really people mean with tactics, like make sure that your website, you know, your website and your um logo is you know uses the same color so you're, you're you're being consistent with all those different things but my you know the you, you can use those tactics and kind of try and you know like if you just use those tactics it becomes much more tactical and actually loses its true purpose I'd argue somebody that is just consistently who they are and sometimes some people are very inconsistent that's the nature do you mean and if you're inconsistently being consistent, being consistent with being inconsistent, this is kind of confusing me now, but I think you know what I mean, people are still going to trust that, like, if people, that's just their nature, and you have a completely different logo brand to what your website looks like, but people just know that's who you are, and you're always like that, then again, people trust that, and trust is really the absolute essence, what we're trying to achieve here with being consistent as a brand. And this leads me into, you know, number six, which is be authentic. Now, like I said, being authentic is like kind of the buzzword of the last few years. Like everyone's always saying like, be authentic, be real, be who you are. And it just seems like the easiest thing to do in the world. I mean, what, you know, we should all be able to be ourselves. Like how easy is that? I would argue it's actually the absolute hardest thing to do because, just the way we are structured as human beings, and I don't want to dive too deep into, you know, deep psychology, but just to, you know, a simple model to really think about this is, you know, there's a model of the self where we say we have a public self, we have a private self, and we have a core self. And this is how we've been, you know, trained up as humans to live in society, because, you know, we want to, there's certain things that we want to do in public, and we, it's different than we're in private, and it's different when it's just kind of who we are as a core, and that's really because we as humans have decided that certain things are good, and certain things are bad, and, you know, I always love the debate, like, we always kind of love making people out to be good, or people to be, you know, pure evil, but the real truth is, and this is the truth that's starting to slowly surface, but it's still, we're still quite, you know, you've got a way to go, which is that we're all good and bad, every single one of us, you know, Mother Teresa had something a little bit bad in her, and even Hitler had something good, like, just, it's absolutely in every single human being, nobody is pure one thing or the other, now, there's extreme different scales, 100%, depending, all, I believe, it's just a DNA and experience, you know, game, because that's just who we are, we're just who we are as our DNA, and then the experiences we, you know, happen to come across from our early childhood through, you know, our, our entire life, so we 
are all kind of conditioned to not always be who we really are. And a lot of people, and I would argue probably the majority of people, have no clue who they actually really authentically are because they're so used to being the public self or what other people, you know, other people want them to be that they don't even know who they really are. And this is why I really called, you know, as weird as it kind of sounds like why I call the podcast the Fun and Mindful Marketing Podcast because I believe to really be an incredible marketer and be, you know, have an amazing trusted brand in the future more than anything being authentic is definitely core that, but that really takes a lot of personal kind of deep psychology strength, like being mindful and really understanding who you actually are and, you know, definitely getting better at different things. And the other part of it is, like I said, even if we know who we are, to actually really be who we are authentically is incredibly hard. And I don't even know if we should all be authentically who we are, like I said, because we all have good and bad traits. The, the, the um, kind of real trick here is that if we're really who we are, we are completely vulnerable. Because, like I said, we're really exposing, you know, not just all the great things about us, but also things that are not so great and that other people will judge, that other people criticize. Like I said, even our things that we do well and good, people criticize and judge. So, you know, our darkest parts of ourselves are something that none of us really like to, you know, kind of expose. And we really have to think about this because vulnerability is something that is not normally seen in the business world. But it's humility, it's vulnerability, it's compassion, it's empathy. These are all the skills that I really believe need to kind of come in place if we want to, you know, build a better society, have better marketing, have better businesses, and as it kind of cheesy to sound a better, you know, a better world. But it's very, very hard to get to that place. And I think it's something that we all need to kind of start with ourselves. Again, this comes down to, you know, being a great leader, you know, to build a great brand. And it all starts with, you know, the leadership in the brand, like being a leader. And when things don't go, you know, you see this great brands do this when things don't go well. And, you know, everyone makes mistakes. It's just human nature. We all make mistakes and we all sometimes, you know, don't do the right thing. Maybe sometimes not even with the wrong intention, but just things get out of control and, that means you have to own up to those mistakes and just see what's kind of happening right now. And I don't want to get into the case of Facebook in detail because I'll be completely honest, I don't know enough about it. Um, And it's very hard, I think, for anybody outstanding to really have the full picture. But the one thing I will say is that, you know, for Mark Zuckerberg to stand up and, you know, did it at the beginning of the year already to say that there's things wrong at Facebook that he wants to fix, that he's acknowledging it, is, I believe, an incredible trait of a great leader. And it gives me the confidence that I think he's really going to, you know, Facebook's going to pull through and, you know, be much stronger as a brand in the future. I might be, you know, wrong. Like I said, I definitely don't know the full details. And it's not about who, what's right or wrong or what they've done or anything like that. But it's just, you know, that's coming back to that being authentic. Being authentic and owning up to mistakes, saying that you're going to fix them and putting yourself in such a vulnerable place. And this is what is happening right now. I mean, he's being attacked from all different sides. And like I said, if those attacks are justified or not, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I always think that a lot of the time, you know, things like this happen, it's just human nature. We all focus on all the bad stuff. What has happened in the past that's been really good and how much Facebook has connected every single person. I mean, I just can only talk from my own experience and how much positively Facebook has impacted my personal life as my business life. But, you know, those things often get forget forgotten when people are kind of put on, um, you know, the judge and jury stand for something that's gone, you know, wrong. But it's just my point of being authentic because everyone wants to be authentic when it's good. 
most people don't want to be authentic when it's, you know, the bad things that we have done. But this is absolutely core to having a really great brand because no matter, you know, how good of a person you are at some point or something, you're going to make a mistake. Things might, you know, not end up as well. And it's really those difficult and challenging times that really make this, you know, either breaks a brand or it makes you stronger than ever before. And again, this is something that we know when things go wrong. Like I often have the experience myself when something goes wrong in a brand and they fix your problem and they you know, have they show humility and they show complete honesty and, and you know, just wanting to fix a problem. You love that brand more than anything else, you know, later on. But it takes real strength. It takes real leadership from within that brand to get these things done. So that was really my main point. Like number five and six, they do, you know, they're separate points, but they flow into each other because it's all about building incredible trust. And finally, we have come to tip number seven. And tip number seven is going to be a little bit different to the other tips. And it might not be relevant to every single person right now, but I think it's an absolute crucial point. And even if you're not in a position of doing this point right now, it's definitely something you should consider and think about along the way. And that is because my tip number seven is to recruit for your brand. So I started this podcast with my number one tip um, being leadership, great leadership is at the essence of a great brand. And I believe that to be true. But at some point, do you mean if we want to expand and grow our brand, there's going to be other people that are going to be part of the company and the culture. And I already alluded to it a little bit before about how important it is then to scale that culture and that people have something, the brand to become something, you know, bigger or different to oneself so that everyone can be part of it. And I think when you're recruiting and when you're expanding, you really need to think about recruitment and who you want. A lot of the time, and, and this is, you know, something I'm super passionate about because my first company, being in the sales industry, and there was just so many different variances to like somebody recruiting like a, just a normal person for a job. I learned recruitment completely the opposite way to most people because most people recruit in the following way, which is very kind of the, the school systematic way. Like if you, let's say you have a, um, even something like simple like a bakery shop or a, a restaurant, like you're hiring people with the skills. Like you're like, okay, you're looking for experience. These are two things that we're really always looking for. It's experience and it's education you know, has somebody got a relevant degree or, you know, education in the field and have they got experience? They were the last things that I looked at when I was recruiting. For me, and it was obviously very specific, and I'm not saying that some, in certain roles, like I said, you know, you definitely need skills. You know, if you want, if I'm hiring an admin, I'm still looking for administration skills because, you know, they need to do certain tasks and I would like them to do them well. But even when I was hiring an administrator or somebody very task-specific, the thing that came first before skill for me was always their character, their personality, their certain traits. Not their personality as much, but their, their character was more important. And there were certain traits, and this was something that I got really, you know, taught by a mentor of me, and this is, you know, I still do this to this very day because it just made so much sense to me, was always you looking for and kind of thinking about the top characteristics that I wanted somebody to have in my company no matter what. And those were things like, you know, people having a great work ethic, people that had, a, you know, a positive attitude, that had a great, you know, student mentality, that loved, you know, learning, that were driven, and that were just a good person. Like, that was something that was super important as well. Like, if I didn't trust a person, like, if I had an instinct that I didn't trust you, then I couldn't work with you. 
And then I often also, like when I was recruiting, I'd, to be quite honest, it was if I was going to be, you know, mentoring this person myself directly, or if it was somebody else in my, you know, team that was going to be looking after this person, I'd always make sure that they personality matched, that they just kind of fitted into the culture, because I think, you know, it's it's a collective effort, and all these kind of things, and I know they seem kind of very, like, soft skills, but I'd always much rather have somebody that, you know, fitted all those characteristics, and even if I knew they were gonna, you know, they might not be as good in the skill set, so I was, you know, recruiting for sales, so obviously, you know, you look for things like great communication skills, and somebody that's, you know, just finds it easy to talk to people, it's gonna be much easier to train into sales than somebody that hasn't got those things, but I'd much rather take somebody that had the characteristics over the person with the skill set, but I wasn't 100% sure on the characteristics. Ideally, of course, you want always both, but I really believe that character is so much more important and you know for the people that are you know trying to you know build in I think this is such a crucial element and I was talking actually when I was at conference just recently about to somebody and they were you know it was a social media and marketing world and it was a business that was and they were telling I think it was a dentist and they were telling me how you know they'd love to do video and all these different things but you know, their employees are just resisting. She's like, oh, we just asked one of our employees and even just have a hand in the video and she, you know, started crying and there was all this, like, you know, like they're telling me this whole dramatic story. But at the essence of it, I said to them, I was like, why don't you just recruit somebody that really would enjoy that kind of, you know, would enjoy being in front of the camera that maybe really wants to be in the, you know, filming and editing and has a passion for that. Even if you can't afford to take on a staff right now, there's heaps of kids in schools that, you know, like wanting to just get real life experience so they can put it on their resume, like get an intern, like have someone volunteer, do some, you know, like, and if they do really well, like you might be able to then take them on later into the company. So, you know, this is something I really believe in in the most. And I think it's so you know important for branding is really who you recruit. And on my, the workshop that, you know, you can have the, the questions I would really, you know, want you to think about, even if you're not hiring somebody right now, is I think it's, it's a really great way to think about it already, which is, you know, what characteristics should every person in your company have, and really have, you know, those kind of, how many ever do you want them to be, or if there's just one characteristics, or there's, you know, 10, it's completely up to you, but really think about that everyone should have, no matter what job description they have, and then every time, you know, make an, like, I'd make an ideal profile for the next job you're recruiting for, or the one that you're recruiting for right now, and consider the type of person as much as the skills that you're looking for. This would be, like, my number one tip, and I think it's an absolute game changer when you're thinking about branding, is why I've always enjoyed a great brand and reputation, because I really took always a lot of care about who I was recruiting, what kind of people I wanted, and making sure, and then, you know, obviously, then, and policing that and doing all those things is another story and I'll be completely honest I've made many of mistakes of that but the recruiting part is something I was really good at I was very thoughtful on who I wanted and how I engaged um, with people around that so that are our seven tips done I really hope you enjoyed them and that you found them a little bit more out of the box than usual what you would have expected when thinking of seven tips in branding and I hope there's at least one you know tip or something that gave you an insight into thinking about something a bit differently or something that you're going to use in your business that would really help you and if that's so I'd love to hear from you you know you can find all my social profiles on my website you know Instagram Twitter Facebook all of them and you know just hit me up I'd really love to hear 
your feedback. Plus, like I mentioned in the beginning, I have put all these seven tips in an activity sheet for you if you want to go through them. And you can get those by simply heading, I've put a link in the description that should take you to Wally, my little housebot, directly. But if you have any problems, you can just go to my Facebook page, Jen Rotman, and click the send message button. And you just enter worksheet one. And worksheet one should give you the worksheet. If you have any problems, just send me send a message saying Jen I don't understand or anything and it should notify me and it's um I'll make sure you get it and that's everything for today thank you so much for listening in it's always a pleasure having you here and remember we do have our Facebook live show so every Wednesday I'm live on my Facebook page Jen Rotman we talk about a complimentary topic for this week's episode plus we have our q a session so we can just hang out you can ask me any questions you want really as long as they're not inappropriate i've you know i do get a little bit awkward when people do that but otherwise i always love hearing your feedback as well so you can press the message button on my page and let me know what you think of the show Plus, you can reach out on Twitter or Instagram at Jen underscore Rotman. That is R-O-T-T-M-A-N-N. And I, you know, I can only make the show as good as the feedback. So if it's positive, it's negative. It's all really, really appreciated. And if you do love the podcast, please subscribe and tell all your friends and family because I love having you all here on the show. Other than that, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and I'm very much looking forward to seeing you in the next episode.